Welcome back to the ENS Hoover Show. I'm a big believer that things happen for a reason, and oddly enough, I'm about to do my first major speaking event uh, coming up here in April in New York City for Inman. And uh, I had this guy reaching out to me. He wanted to be a part of the show, and he does public speaking and teaches people on how to public speak. So uh, it was just the perfect timing for this, and I used it to my own selfish advantage and asked a bunch of questions that I was intrigued about. So if you are looking into speaking uh, in public anytime soon, this is going to be a very good episode for you. Or if you're looking to maybe change career paths and you've done well before in the past and or actually even haven't done well before in the past. Uh, he actually talks about how the first time he public uh, spoke about something that he really didn't know what he was talking about, or actually he knew what he was talking about because he read up and did a bunch of research on it, but he had not actually been successful himself. So sometimes you just need something to get you going. And this was a great interview and I had a lot of fun with Odell. I hope you enjoyed the show and please follow me on social media at ENS Hoover on just about every platform and subscribe to the podcast and the YouTube channel. All the support is greatly appreciated. Enjoy the show. All right. Welcome to the show, Odell. Uh, Odell Bazell is here. I hope I didn't butcher your name. Uh, and we're going to get into a very unique topic today, which uh, I'm actually intrigued about myself, which is why I have my podcast and my channel is to educate myself on things that I'm interested in. And hopefully other people are interested in this as well. Uh, so we're going to get into that. But Odell, let's start with uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and, and your journey that got you to where you are today as an entrepreneur. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate that. And thanks for having me on. So my journey started like anybody else's journey. Um, you know, you grow up and you realize very quickly that you don't have a lot. Um, and so I remember when I was a kid in high school, I was a really good basketball player and I made varsity my freshman year. And I asked my mom if she could buy the team shoes. They were like $150. And she was like, $150? Like, you know, you know what I could do with $150? She just started fussing at me. I'm like, wow, I didn't know the money was that tight. And uh, so I started selling candy in high school to get the to get the money for the team shoes. And I got the money fairly quickly. And then I was like, huh. So I wonder if I can keep this going. And so I kind of kept it going. And me and my best friend kind of jumped in. And, uh, and we made a significant amount of money. And so my entrepreneurial journey was like it, it really started and was cemented in high school and then i started going off track because you get to college you know you you don't have your parents over top of you and you discover girls and, and all that stuff and <laughs> your your mind is a lot of different ways and so when i graduated from college i had student loan debt and i, I really didn't know which way was what i just wanted to make some money and my public speaking professor, Dr. Pond, came up to me after graduation and asked, like, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know. And he said, you should be a professional speaker. Now, Ian, this was the first time I'd ever heard anybody say that, like those words together. And I majored in communication. So I took a lot of public speaking, uh, interpersonal, interpersonal communication classes. So I, I was used to speaking. But when he said you should be a professional public speaker, I didn't even know that that was like a thing. And I thought you had to be famous. I thought you had to, you know, find a, a tech company that, you know, had a billion dollar valuation in three months or something crazy. And he said, no, he said, most professional speakers aren't famous. 
They just have a message and they have an audience. And so those that, that simple advice got me started in public speaking uh, when I was 22. And I got my first paid talk when I was 23, about nine months later. And then I, I just I've been in it ever since, man. So that's that's kind of how we get here today. Very cool. Now, uh, did your your basketball talents to that uh, did that transfer to the college game or you said you had student loans you shouldn't have if you had a scholarship right yeah man i i was i was really good i was a really good high school basketball player <laughs> i just peaked when i was 14 cuz i hadn't grown since i was 14 <laughs> so i was better i was bigger than all the kids like when we were in middle school and then when we got to high school, I was still really good and stronger than most of them, but they just kept growing and growing and growing. And I, I never, I never got to even taste like Division One. I. I got to play in a tournament with um, LeBron James, Chris Paul, um, and AAU. So I played AAU, and uh, LeBron James. I remember seeing him for the first time, like walking past him. He was standing next to another guy that I played against, and who was six seven. And so LeBron standing next to him, we're 17 years old. He looked like a refrigerator compared to my guy. And I, was, when I saw that, I was like, yeah, basketball is not for me. That's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just not for me. I, I had a similar journey. Uh, so I, 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 basketball is my second sport, uh, but I, I love, I probably actually enjoy playing it more than I enjoyed playing football. I was just better at football. And uh, my freshman year of high school, I was a starting center. And then my uh, sophomore year of high school, uh, my backup shot up to like six six, and I was like, okay, well, I'm six foot, uh, and I just stopped growing, right? I was just like, okay, so I went the power forward, and then my my junior year, my backup shot up to six four or whatever. So I was just like, they're like, yeah, you're gonna have to lose some weight and get some handles and play guard, and I'm just like, yeah, I, I think so. My basketball career ended even before high school ended, right? Uh, and I just focused on football, uh, but even football, like once you get to that next level you realize that it's, it's different. You know, yeah. like I like, I played tight end, uh, you know, a lot in, in high school and stuff. And that was like what I wanted to play. And like, you get to that next level and the tight ends are six, five, they run four, four forties. I mean, unbelievable hands. And I'm just not that, you know? So I would have been better off putting on like 80 pounds and playing <laughs> off at the line. But uh, yeah, little did I know is I was going to put that on anyways, you know, that's why I should have done it, but that's what everybody was telling me to do. But Anyways, uh, let's get back on track here. So I, I like some of the things that you said there. So you had a communications degree. What school did you go to? Uh, North Carolina State. You know, okay. NC State in Raleigh, North Carolina. All right. So that's a pretty good hoop school, too. You could have played, played some hoops there, right? They definitely had their challenges while I was there. So I, I could have, but... <laughs> All right, so uh, you decided to go for communications. How much was your student loan debt when you got done with with uh, college? Sixty thousand dollars, man. It was. I mean, that's seemed, not too bad. Not right compared to now. It doesn't yeah. seem that bad, right? But absolutely. Then when you're a kid and you don't even have any money in the bank, and they're like, "Oh, you owe sixty thousand dollars plus interest," and I'm like, "What?" Yeah, it was a bad time. <laughs> so between your nine months of getting your first speaking gig, uh, what did you do? Like, what were you, were you out there just selling yourself? Were you did you have a job? What were you working on during that transition period? Yeah, my first job, I worked with my uncle's group home. Um, he he owns he still owns a group home, and he was kind of like, "Hey, we need workers. You need money." So 
you know, be, be in the group home, be in the family business. I hated that. Um, then I, I got, I worked in law enforcement actually right after that. And, um, it was a step up in pay, but it was, it was a, a very trying time. I actually worked in law enforcement for five years before I went full-time speaking. So I was still, I mean, I still had to eat. I, I was engaged when I got, when I graduated, I was engaged to my wife who, uh, we're still married now. She seems happy. So I'll say we're happily married, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I was still working, man, just like everybody else. And, uh, and, and trying my best to, to make money, to sustain my life. I, you know, I think a lot of people would probably do public speaking well, but they, they can't even get outside of their, their comfort zone. Right. So we have these like little investment clubs we go to like acre and Rhea here in Pittsburgh uh, for real estate. Right. And uh, you know, we're vendors and even just to go up in front of a room of like 150, 200 people, my agents are like, Oh no, I, you know, that's, I can't do that. And I just get up and just, and you know, it's, it's like second nature to me now, but I remember when it was, I remember my heart beating and, and, and I'm sure I'm about to go through that because we just talked about what, what we're going to, you know, what I'm getting into here in, in the very short future. Uh, you know, how, what is your advice to somebody who maybe hasn't done it before and is nervous and is going to have that heart pumping? And do you still get that to this day like when you stand up in front of like, I don't know how big you're, you know, of a group you're speaking in front of on a regular basis? Like what, what's your advice and how do you handle that? Yeah, well, I'll answer your, your last question first before I jump into the other ones. I I assign the feeling, uh, I define the feeling differently. So before, earlier in my career, like you're talking about, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm nervous. What if I mess up? And all those different things. Now it's kind of like going back to sports. It's, it's when they're calling out the introductions. It's like, all right, hey, let's get ready. Like we practiced all this time like now it's game time and game time is the fun time and that's what my coach um used to say my football coach actually he used to say practice is hard practice sucks but we practice so that we perform well and so your performance should be the fun it should be the release and so with speaking it's an exercise really and when you prepare then that nervousness isn't nervousness. It's more like anxiousness. It's like you're anxious to get up there. And so that's what I'll say there. As far as if, if anybody's listening to this, um, if you're in real estate, if you're in business for yourself, I want you to remember this. I want you to write this down. Public speaking is the greatest marketing medium of all time. And the reason why I say that is because Public speaking, when you connect to somebody voice to voice, they hear it better than if you connect through computer, if you connect uh, through text or email, they hear it better. They receive because you're a person, you're a human being. Think about how many times we we hate. I, well, I'll say this. I won't speak for everybody. I hate calling customer service lines because I know I'm not going to talk to a person until 97 minutes later. They're going to they're going to make me earn the money to get to them to give me my money back or to get better service. We hate that as, as a human race. Now we hate that. So public speaking, if you can add that touch to it, 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 it will, it will set yourself apart in, in your industry. Because like you said, Ian, most people, they're terrified through public speaking. Now advice for those that are thinking about public speaking, if you're thinking about it to get paid, like you want to get paid to do it. I'm not talking to you right now. 
I'm talking to the people that, okay, I need to do it either to increase my confidence or to bring in leads or, you know, in, in a trade show setting or a workshop setting where I'm speaking in front of people. This, and I don't want, I don't want your audience to miss it. So I'm going to say it slowly. Practice. <laughs> Practice. I know that sounds, well, yeah, but what if I practice wrong? Practice talking with this thought in mind. It's about the audience and what they want to hear. Practice talking with the thought of what do they want to hear? Because if you practice it from that lens, it takes the pressure off you. The reason why we get nervous is because we're thinking, what if I fall when I step on stage? What if I stutter? What if what I say doesn't make sense? We're thinking about all these things within our own minds versus how can I convey this message to the audience so that it's helpful, but also profitable for the both of us. When you start thinking like that, then you don't worry about all the theatrics that are behind it. You don't worry about, well, what if I say, uh, or ah, it doesn't matter if as long as what you're saying is helpful to the audience. I could be humming and hawing and saying all sorts of stuff. But if I say, look, I'm going to give you a thousand dollars if you help. Okay. I'm listening. I don't, I don't care if you're stuttering or not. I'm listening because you're helping me and it can be profitable. And so that, that's the thing that I would say, practice that. And, and if you have a family, you could practice it with your family. With my kids, my kids know that whenever I am talking to them, lecturing them, I'm going to teach them something, but I'm also going to say, now, if you do this, then this is going to help you. If you don't do it, then this is going to hurt you. Which one do you want? And they're, <laughs> I want to be hurt. So you, you have to learn how to engage and use public speaking as a platform and don't think of it as a spotlight what's in it for them right like it's always a whiff them you always got to bring that into it for sure uh so you talked about practice now you, you said in front of your family what if you're even too nervous to do that because honestly i would say putting yourself out there in front of your family could be even harder in some scenarios than just go ahead and going up and stand in front of a couple hundred couple thousand people uh, because there's nobody who's going to critique you more than your own love for your own family, the people that love you. Right. Uh, so where else can you start? Like I've done like the mirror before, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I've done just in my car, just repeating stuff over and over again to try and, and spitball. Uh, obviously I've done a lot of video recording recently and that's, uh, that's, I think helped me out a lot, but what, are there any other tactics that you would recommend? For sure. So we learn more by modeling than we do by people teaching us stuff. So when I when I train people on public speaking, I tell them all the time, you can't learn how to swim at a seminar. You can't learn how to do public speaking at a seminar. I can tell you, hey, this is how you start a speech. This is how you transition. And I can tell you all that stuff, but you have to practice it. So the best way to practice is to model, watch other people. So just pop on a YouTube video or something of a great speaker, just watch what they do. Another thing you can do is for those even listening to this podcast, listen to podcasts because you can get a sense of the person that either is doing the interviewing or the person that's being interviewed. You can get a sense of if they do it or not. Like, and, and I believe that public speaking has a lot of different levels. There's platform speaking. That's one type of skill, the type that you're about to take on where you're staying on stage and you're delivering a message. But then there's teaching. If I'm going to show you how to do something, if I'm going to teach you how to do a deal, 
I have to walk you through every step of it. That's teaching. And then there's something that's called emceeing or hosting. And then there's interviewing. So if you are somebody that is trying to get better at public speaking, I suggest you look at somebody who's a good platform presenter, whoever that is, watch them, see what they do. And you'll model that because your subconscious, it models that. Then also listen to a lot of interviews, listen to a lot of podcast interviews, the ones that are good, the ones that move along, watch the news, not for the stuff that they talk about, but watch how they engage with the camera. Watch all that stuff. And what your subconscious mind will do is say, okay, well, we can do it like that. Or maybe we can't do it like that. And then when you get up the nerve to practice, I think you need to practice in front of human beings. That's just my opinion. The mirror helps, helps you prepare, but you got to practice in front of human beings because you got to like see what they're saying. Even your family and and you had it right. It's so hard. It's so much harder to speak in front of your family because for one, they probably don't care about what you're talking about in the first place. Like they probably don't care. So keeping their attention is actually harder. But one of my mentors said it like this, that he calls it the easy hard principle. You either, it's going to be hard. You just have to depend, depend on when it's hard for you. If you make it hard at the beginning, it'll be easy at the end. If you make it easy at the beginning, it'll be hard at the end. So family is the best place to start. Um, another thing you could do is like you do in with, with your podcast, which is do it by yourself, like hop on zoom, hop on Google meets and just look at the camera, talk and talk and act like you're giving a presentation and then send that to somebody. And so there's a lot of different things that you can do, but the hours in, and once you do it over and over and over again, it'll be like second nature before you know it. Or, you know, just put your stuff on YouTube anyways, because it's so hard to get a following on YouTube and maybe you'll get lucky and just end up having something cool anyways. Uh, I'll tell you one thing that definitely helped me. Uh, and I don't know if, you know, if, if you ever got into the realm of like doing any kind of like you know, in-person like type of networking to build a business. Uh, but I, you know, early on in my career, I was a part of a BNI group. And uh, that's a bit for people that don't know business networking international, I believe is what it stands for. But uh, you're meeting with the same, you know, 20 to 50 people every single week. And you have to prepare you know, at least a 60 second like pitch every single week. And it's got to be something different because you don't want to be a robot and just repeat the same thing over and over again. And then it's like once a quarter, you have to stand up and do like an eight to 10 minute presentation in front of everybody. And that, I, I think it really helped me out early on of, of getting me out of my comfort zone and also what it takes to actually prepare, even for something as small as a 60 second, like video, like uh, commercial in front of people, because you don't want to be stuttering over your words. You want to get your point across. And that, that definitely helped. And obviously it's good for business too. So if you're a small business owner and you're trying to do that, I would recommend uh, that is a great place to start uh, maybe as, as an additional tip, although you are the expert Odell. So we'll lean to, to you uh, as well. So I want to go back to the first, your first speaking engagement. Uh, how did you acquire that? What was your, you talked about your message early on. So what was your message? And then how do you, like, how did that event go? Yeah. First one, Rockingham community college um, in Wentworth, North Carolina, $600. Um, I got that actually. I was heavy in network marketing when I was in college, heavy in it. And by heavy, meaning I didn't make money. I was just at the <laughs> meetings a lot. But um, my uh, the person that brought me in, mentor of mine, he would run these meetings. He had a huge team. I didn't. 
but he had a huge team. So he would run the meetings and he got, I guess, so lucrative. He just said, Hey kid, you're excited. Like you run the meetings. So I started running the meetings and somebody in the meetings was a student at Rockingham community college was like 30 minutes away from where I grew up. And he talked to the SGA president over there and the SGA president called me. I was at my best friend, Justin's house, called me and said, Hey, I heard that you're a good speaker. Do you want to speak? (laughs) And I said, sure. And he's like, how much do you charge? And I said, I I don't know. I mean, how much, how much do you pay? (laughs) And he said, well, we got about 600 bucks. Uh, We talked for an hour and I was, I was like, right. yeah, yeah. I, was like, I think I can do that. I think I can swing that. And so that that's how that went. At the time, my message was tailored towards college students because I was literally, I just graduated from undergrad. Um, so it was tailored to helping them become successful after college, ironically enough, which I was not. Um, <laughs> I, I talked, I, I talked about it um, because I read, I read an obscene amount of books after I graduated because I didn't have anything else to do. And I, I just kind of transmitted those books into a book that I wrote. And so they just, they hired me based on that book. And uh, it went great. I mean, I was written up in the local paper. I felt like I was famous. I thought it was always going to be like that. There were people from the community. I'm talking like 85-year-old people that were like, oh, you're doing so good. It went great. Uh, but what I learned is what a lot of people learn is that the actual performance part or the delivery of the thing that you sell is the smallest amount of time that you're going to spend. And so I delivered the speech. I did it. It was over with. And then they gave me a check. I went home in my 2000, 2002 Nissan Sentra and that was it. But what I, what I wish I would have known, and I want everybody again to listen to this, like public speaking, you can make money, by speaking on the front end, somebody paying you, or you can make money on the back end, which is why it's the greatest marketing medium by collecting leads. And so like you talked about BNI networking, you're, you're in a place with like-minded people. If you know your target audience, I suggest you do your own event to serve that, those people. So if you're selling real estate and you only like my cousin, he's a realtor, It's like you only want to work with people that make a certain amount of money. You literally target those people and do a seminar, open seminar for them. You can speak or you can have you can partner with somebody to speak for you, to introduce you and talk about how buying a home is the best time. Even though the news says this, this is the best time to buy a home or here's how you buy a house, you know, with with challenge credit or whatever you want to do, whoever you want to attract. And you bring those people in a room. And then you get their contact information, even if they're not the right people right then, they might lead you to other people. And so it's just a way for you to consistently get leads and consistently collaborate with people. But at the at the front of it is that public speaking it's that informational, inspirational seminar. I like that you you specific. I mean, you're, you're being honest with us. Right. And you, you put yourself out there that like. I was talking about something that I was not good at, you know, uh, that that's cool because honestly, you know, it, I, my profession real estate is, is a lot like that. You get in, you literally have no clue what you're doing. Even if you have great training and everything around you, you're, you're 
learning on the job, you know, and you got to go out there and, and at least pretend like, you know, enough to, you know, to confidently do this job. And then once you close a handful of deals, then you start to be a little more confident. And I know there's somebody that's going to listen to this that maybe doesn't make a ton of money right now. And it's going to say, wow, he made $600 an hour. Uh, but you didn't because you had to, you had to drive. You said it's a half hour each way. You had to prepare. You had to probably write a script, right? Or at least talking points to stay on. Uh, so how many hours do you think that you put in to make that $600? Whew. Oh, man. And that was when, and you said script. When I first started speaking, I wrote out my presentations. I wrote them out word for word. I would read them. And when I say write, for those of you that aren't looking at the video, I would scribe. Like I would write it out um, and I memorized it, basically. So I didn't just do talking points. I didn't I didn't have a speaking coach that that taught me, oh, you just do, you know, go from point to point. I was like, no, I'm going to paint the picture for them. I'm going to let them know exactly when it was and I'm going to do that. And I love to write, too. And so it was just really cool. So that preparation probably took hours. If you look at that, the way you asked it, I probably went in the negative a little bit because <laughs> <laughs> I did so much. But yeah, that's where, again, the delivery of what you're actually doing, it's a small percentage of what you're actually doing. Like it's all a process of selling. And then once you figure that out, just like in real estate, speak, it's a relationship game. And I didn't know that until I want to say five, six years in, I would just treat every, every different contract. Like it was just a, like, I, it was a one, a one night stand, if you will. Uh, you know, I hope I'm not being too, too frank, but like, it's like, all right, boom, I'm done. Boom. I'm done. Boom. I'm done. Maybe I send you a Christmas card if I remember type thing. And I think that's another thing that, that can be used across all businesses. And, and I know you hear this all the time in real estate, it's a relationship business. It, it really is. And the relationship, the revenue is in the relationship, but it's also in the timing of it. And so how do you know when the what time is the best time? Like always be in front of them some way, somehow. And so I didn't also know, and, and I'll throw it back to you, Ian. I didn't know the seasons of business. So you you know it's it's a buyer's market, it's a seller's market. In my business, I I don't know. I was just like, yeah, they, they see that I'm good, they're gonna hire me. It's like mm, doesn't really work like that. They go from event to event. And so, again, if, if you're listening to this, no matter what business you're in, the key is to create events that people want to go to. So no matter what market it is, you're constantly getting leads in that could lead to somebody else. You could build a relationship with them. You could build uh, events and experiences around them. And then, hey, you know, I sell real estate or, you know, that I, I invest or, you, you know, and it's a whole lot easier to pull from that crop. I would guess that. uh you probably didn't do this, but you probably do this now. So in that scenario where you got introduced to this guy at the, or the guy at the college called you and you did that speaking engagement, you probably should have, and I'm going to guess you probably didn't follow up with that person, continue building that relationship, tell him some of the other speaking topics that would have been, you know, that you could do as a follow-up or as a, as an adding on or for other types of, uh, you know, areas of the college. You know, I didn't stick too long around in college, so I have no idea. <laughs> 
you know, of, of all the other avenues of the, that a college would be good for. Uh, I would be the worst person to bring to a college because I'd be telling you, like, drop everything. Unless you're a doctor, <laughs> a lawyer, an engineer, you all better be dropping out right now because you know how many people the marketing degree has worked for me over the past, you know, 10 years of my life? A lot, right? You know, it's just a, a wasted degree, essentially. Uh, and I would be the worst person to bring to a college campus. So Yeah, uh, they, they, they wouldn't want you. No. <laughs> yeah, I'd be bad for business, right? Um, you know, but I'm going to guess you didn't do that. Uh, and, and how do you do that now? Like, what is your process in place to keep those relationships? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you asked that because this is going to help somebody. So you're right. I did not. I I still remember his name. It's funny. We're still connected on, on Facebook. And I actually got hired again the next year um, because we were connected on Facebook and we were around the same age. So, you know, we were kind of chummy that way. But once he graduated, I, I never talked to him and I didn't talk to anybody else. What I do now, and I see just all small business owners, all entrepreneurs do this. I actually started an association within the college market. It's called the National Association of Masterminds and Co-Curricular Advancement, NAMCA. The name doesn't really matter other than I started an association for people that plan events at colleges so that whenever anybody comes into my world, even if they don't hire me, they don't have the money to hire me or whatever, if they plan events at college, I welcome them in. I actually pay them to help me build my business. And the way that I do that is by, hey, what type of events is your campus missing? You can't hire me. Well, what type of event would you want to hire me for? And I, it's all R&D. It's all research and development. That's all it is. And I'm bringing these people in and they love me because, hey, I'm giving you $50 to talk to a speaker that I'm training for 30 minutes or I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm feeding the individual or the, the institution that is helping me. And so here's why I said this could help somebody listening. You either connect to an association already or you create a pocket and an associate doesn't have to be a thousand people. It could be a hundred people that are mutually uh, driven to help build what you're doing. And you could mutually, it could be, you could give them money to help consult, or you can just create really cool experiences for them to be a part of and network themselves. Just like BNI is, a, is an association, you can create one or create a pocket of one. And so now nobody ever leaves my life. And I tell them that like jokingly, like, hey, we're family now. Like you're my third, I love you like a third cousin. That's what I say a lot. But it's because now that, that experience of missing a lead. I can't, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> like I, I think of all the leads that I missed early in my career. It's like, man, this person could have hired me to do this, or this person could have helped me to do this. And so anybody listening, if you're not a part of an association, get a part of one, figure out where they're missing, what's missing and provide it either individually or create your own collective of other people that you can collaborate with. That way you never miss a lead. Yeah, I love it. And, and one of the best things I personally did in my business was I started teaching for the Realtors Association, which is an association, right? And I just get a ton of benefits. Like I, not only do I get to take all my education for free and I, you know, that's cool. And I get paid to teach and all that. But uh, I mean, the amount's so small, it doesn't really matter to me, but I get to meet so many new people 
and they look at me as an expert right and you know it's grown my my brokerage it's i mean it's grown my reputation the whole nine yards so it can definitely be a beautiful thing anytime you can get around people i think is just a beautiful thing right especially in today's day and age where uh you know it's nobody wants to be around each other and uh, i hope we get out of that because i'm a big people person I hope so. I hope okay. so. I'm not as I'm not as big a people person as you, but I. <laughs> it's good for business to be around people for sure. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so I want to talk about your current speaking engagement. So let's let's fast forward. So I, when was your first? What year was your first speaking engagement? 2008. Okay, 2008. That's funny. That's right around the time I started getting into real estate. I bought my first rental property in 2007. And then uh, I got my license in 2010, I think. Um, so 2008. So you've been doing this uh, 23 years. Does that make you feel old at all? No, uh, 18 years, years 40 years, 50 years. Okay, sorry, my bad. You tried to make me feel old. I'm trying to make you feel old. Hey, first off, by the way, if you want to get into real estate, you don't have to be a mathematician. I just uh, made that simple for you, right? Uh, so, uh, 14 years you've been doing it. What does your speaking, like how much does it cost to get you to go speak to an event these days? And what does that look like for you? Like, are people coming to you? Or are you still going out there and, and finding that business? And then how much are you getting for an actual speaking, uh, engagement? And then also what's your message these days versus what you originally had? Yeah. Uh, so now business is very different for me because there are fee speakers there are people who are saying hey pay me you know ten thousand pay me fifteen thousand show up and i'll speak and i'll do my thing and then i'll leave then there are speakers that speak at events for leads they speak to sell and so i'm kind of in the middle so when i go speak for a college or for a company i really assess who's in the audience so i'll give you i'll give you a couple examples I speak for associations for free as long as there's a hundred buyers in the audience i get the list and it's it's my audience like i'll, I'll speak for free like i'll pay my own way and people still are like oh my gosh really you like yeah because i know if it's a hundred people in the audience i know they're gonna at least if i do bad if i mess up if i got you know a sore throat or something i'll close 10 people within a couple like from that audience and that's bad if uh, there are 100 buyers in the audience so for me that's uh, that's anywhere from uh you know a 50 to 100k payday uh, essentially so I'll, I'll do that all day long but i i primarily use speaking now as marketing so for my association so when i go places i want you to either hire me to speak or i want you to join my association and so depending on the audience it's anywhere like packages start at 15k and all the way down to 5k so it, it just depends if i'm teaching and i can sell something hey you you know you pay for me a, a hotel room i'm there so it just has to depend on the audience my message now if i'm speaking to sell something is different than if i'm just a hired gun to come in and speak my overall message is i teach organizational leaders how to communicate better so that they live better and that the organizations thrive in a diverse ever-changing world that's like the the corporate kind of oh that's nice like anybody can connect to that uh so it's all about communication the center on communication and that's if i'm being hired as a keynote speaker if i'm coming in to train or coming in to do different things it's all about building connections and using the currency of communication and that's how you communicate with you 
That's how you communicate with the client. That's how you communicate with them after they buy from you or after they don't. And so the messages have changed a little bit, but all speaking, and I tell people this all the time, all speaking is designed to be inspirational and motivational. I want you to do something. Like after, after I finish speaking, just like when you go give your presentation, I want you to do something, whether it be download my free resource, whether it be come back to the conference next year, whether it be buy my book at the back, I want you to do something. And so all of my presentations are centered around um, what audience I'm in or I'm in front of and what I want them to do after the presentation. Okay. So let, let me throw one at you. So you will use me. So I do, I'm greedy, right? I use <laughs> my platform uh, to learn myself. Right. And uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm, I'm about to be speaking uh, just a little 20 minute session at, uh, at Inman in New York city, which is a real estate convention. Uh, and it, the compensation is very minimal. Uh, and in, in your scenario, you're talking about having uh, buyers. I, I really, you know, obviously my main priority is to grow my real estate brokerage, right? But my real estate brokerage is in Pittsburgh. So the odds of me having somebody at the event or watching into the event that are from Pittsburgh, probably going to be kind of small, right? Uh, but for me, it's more of like a branding thing. I'm getting my brand out there, stuff like that. So in that scenario, what would you rec recommend that I close out with? Like subscribe to me on my, subscribe to my podcast, subscribe to YouTube, like something like that, have like an action item for them to, uh, to go out and, and build that relationship that way. Or what would you try and get out of it? If you were in my shoes where you're going to be in a completely different market that you're not in. And uh, there's really no uh, huge compensation. Like I have nothing to sell there. Essentially. I don't have a book or anything or nothing like that. So. Okay, cool. Um, let me ask you this question. The audience is made up of whom? Like who is going to be there primarily? Like people, a lot of people like you that do- Mostly you other do. real estate agents and brokers are going to be there. Yep. Okay. So I would say, and, and when is the event? Next month? End, of, of, this end of April, yeah. Okay. So I would say a couple of things. First of all, assess what it is you actually want. So you said branding. So if it's branding, if you want to look bigger or better, you know, for your clients, hey, have somebody there taking pictures, getting video of what you're talking about, first and foremost, so that that's, you know, what you take away from it. Um, the second thing that I would say is, and this is just a shot in the dark without me knowing a lot about your business, I imagine that you have some kind of advice that you can give to people like you, right? I mean, otherwise yes. you wouldn't be on stage. Absolutely. Some form or fashion, if you can do it quickly, if you can mobilize it quickly, maybe it's even put packaging together, uh, some podcasts, sell something. And here's and, and the way you close it out is by basically saying, hey, did what I say make sense to you? Yes or yes? You know, raise your hand. All right. Did I say something that could be helpful to you? Yes or yes? All right, cool. I have this cool resource. You could put a QR code up if you're doing a PowerPoint, or you can say, meet me in the back of the room or whatever. I have this cool resource. This is not what I do, but I want to help you and make it a nominal fee. Like think about whatever your expenses are to get somebody to photograph, get somebody to video, um, hotel or whatever, if they're not covering it and just have in your mind, I want to make enough money to make this trip, you know, free for me basically. 
and then just have something like it could be a very very uh minimalistic thing like 20 bucks 50 bucks I, again i'm not sure um if anybody would buy that but uh, based on the audience but hey if you if there are a thousand people there even if they're 500 people i always look at worst case scenario worst case scenario if you can get 10 percent of the room to do something oh you win it so if it's a thousand people there you can get a hundred people to move and buy a twenty dollar audio package thingy that you create that you come up with hey man that's that's two grand you know like that's that's nothing to sneeze at and then what'll happen is either what you're doing is going to work really well and then you're going to get emails you're going to get messages like oh yeah man this helped this helped this helped you have proof of concept if you want to reproduce yourself and coach so that that's that's the advice that i would say i like it i like it. now do you do anything else on like do you have like uh i've been thinking about putting some ideas in place for like skillshare or udemy stuff like that are you doing any kind of online like uh platform for training to where like because obviously uh, i think you do a lot of like hands-on training right coaching and development that's kind of part of your business model right yeah i have a, a mini course right now on my website publicspeakingprofits.com uh where basically it just shows you how to double your leads and your income using the power of public speaking and um even how you can use as paid advertising I, and i kind of talked about it a little bit when i was you know we were going through the scenario with you but that course it's i mean maybe it's 45 minutes i just break the videos up in the four videos so anybody that's in business i would suggest to to download that because it'll give you a lot of different ideas of what you can do in your own business in your own area um and even suggesting the branding part because if you look like a big deal people are going to work with you there's no better way to look like a big deal than to be speaking in front of an audience and i'm pausing like you know if you're speaking in front of an audience and there's a whole bunch of people in the background i'm like oh my gosh ian hoover is so smart no wonder the hoover vacuum cleaning uh <laughs> empire is named after him <laughs> right exactly yeah all right uh, i got i got one more uh speaking question uh that's that's selfish so they uh they're real big on you know obviously like being yourself showing personality stuff like that and anytime that i've done anything in the past i, I do always try and make some sort of an impression like when i've for instance, when I've done a best man, I try and come up with the most crazy off the wall joke to start my speech. Right. Uh, it's something like that. Um, but I'm trying to think because this is literally the first time I'll be actually walking out on stage in front of a bunch of people and they want you to be yourself and, you know, do anything creative and goofy, whatever. Uh, what would you recommend to like maybe not as much to, to start off with a joke, but like something you could do visually uh, that could make a good like get them engaged and get them uh you know get them excited i got a couple of ideas so this this is something i do for kids and i'm not i'm not suggesting you do this but i'm just saying this is something that i do when i speak in front of high school students or whatever i would start like a, a spoken word like i'll just like be walking on stage and i'll be doing a spoken word and they're like wow because they're they're thinking that a prof, uh, a 97 year old professor is about to lecture them and then i pop up you know talking to and rapping type thing so i do that so do something that's going to shock them like oh what is what's going on here also a second thing that i do now is i share a video short video just a bunch of stuff me speaking and me doing a lot and i have in the voice over 
Um, and so you can integrate this in your introduction or you could create a video too. But in the intro introduction, I say, and Odell is, is having a uh, feature film made after his life. And where Kevin Hart stars as Odell, The Rock stars as his uh, guidance counselor, Morgan Freeman is his grandfather. And I'm just naming all these people. And so for a second, and then it pauses, and people are like, wait a minute, Kevin Hart. <laughs> and then I have a fake, I have a fake movie trailer up there, like a fake uh image, rather, a fake movie image. And they're like, oh my gosh, for a second. So you could do something like that. You can integrate that in your introduction. You can say Ian Hoover. And many people know him from Hoover vacuum cleaners. Psych. Like, you know, like something like that where they're like, oh, that's funny. And then the last thing is have a prop. So Zig Ziglar, famous motivational speaker from, love Zig, yeah. you know, back in the day, he used to have like a water pump. Right. Um, my very first presentation I did, I used to have a flat basketball because I talked about my basketball career and how I wasn't able to play basketball anymore and all this stuff. And so have something like something where like their eyes are on that thing. Those are the suggestions that I would say, but cool. do something like show your, show your personality in your introduction. You seem like a fun guy. So just let them know, like, this is not about to be boring. I'm about to teach you how to make a whole bunch of money. And, um, and you're going to have some fun. Is that cool? And most people are gonna be like, sure. So <laughs> gets that buy-in right away. I like it. I like it. So uh, I have a couple questions. I always finish the podcast with, but first, uh what what's your like what are you pitching what are you on my my show to talk about like let's get that out of the way let's like how can we support you odell and then how do people connect with you uh i always forget to get this stuff so i want to get it before we get to the last couple questions for sure just go to publicspeakingprofits.com and you'll see on there the tagline is um get paid to advertise and so every every single person that's in business has to advertise they have to market and uh, Public Speaking Profits, the mini course, there's a whole video on there that talks about how you can get paid to advertise using public speaking. And right now it's free. So make sure you download it, check it out and um, and grow your business. That's that's really the, the biggest ask I have is that you grow your business because we know small business owners and entrepreneurs, we're we're the engine that runs this country. That And so we need more of us to be better. Uh, share good messages and help more people. So publicspeakingprofits.com uh, is what I would say. I'm I'm the only Odell Bazell online. I actually had a fake Instagram account created oh, last week. That's when you know somebody. you're big time. Yeah, by somebody. I don't know who it was selling Bitcoin or what. I don't even understand Bitcoin. So anyway, but I'm Odell Bazell across all platforms on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. I'm the only Odell Bazell that is alive and well. Well, first off, if you don't understand Bitcoin, you got to check out, I think two episodes ago, I had my buddy on who's like big into cryptocurrency and stuff. We dug into that. You should check out that video or that podcast. Uh, secondly, you're telling me that you're giving away something free. Like that, that four video thing you talked about, it's free. Yeah, it's free mini course. It's free. What do you, so what do you, you get just contacts essentially. You're essentially giving that for free to get their contact info. And then you're going to hopefully follow up with them to have them join your association or join your, 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 uh, your boot camp or whatever. Right. Like that's. Yeah, I do. I do marketing boot camps for small business owners. So if you go through the mini course and you're like, wow, this is really cool, but I need some help implementing it. Then, you know, you'll talk to my team and 
if it's a fit, it's a fit. And if not, um, we can show you some resources on how to grow. Cool, man. I love it. I dig it. Okay. So the couple of questions I like to ask at the end, uh, number one, what's your favorite business book? Whoo, favorite man. That is so hard because I am, I read a lot. I read a lot. So I would say right now, I'll just focus on right now is uh, boss moves. It's called boss moves by my mentor and coach Myron golden. And it is, it. I've never heard of that. Boss yeah, moves. boss moves. B O S S moves. Um, but yeah, it it breaks down so much stuff. Like you feel smarter after you read it, but you feel like you can make even more money. So I that's that's the one right now that's fresh on my mind. Okay, if you were to go back to your day one, what would you change? to make a bigger impact on your career? What would you, what would you do differently? Man, that's a really good question. What I would do differently is I would interview just in my, in my space, you know, as a professional speaker selling speaking services, I would interview probably 20, 30 people about what they look for when they hire speakers, where they get speakers from. I would do a whole lot more research on the marketing end than what I did. Cause what I did was good. Cause I practiced, like I was a polished speaker when I was 23, I was polished. I mean, I was memorizing, you know, uh, 7,000 words. I was polished, but I had no idea what the business side of it looked like. Cause I didn't know the buyer. And so I would get to know the buyer, get to know the industry way before I even started really selling. Um, that's that's the biggest mistake that I made that I would go back and change. Hmm, I like it. OK, uh, what's your dream vacation? Dream vacation. My mom is an immigrant from Liberia, West Africa. I've never been. And so my dream vacation is to take my whole family over there, my wife and my kids. And then just, you know, be over there with my mom's uh, people and the ancestors. That's my dream vacation right now. I like it. All right. What does retirement look like for you? Mm, I don't I don't I don't ever plan on retiring. I, so I would say the season of my life when I'm not doing a lot. Retirement looks like this. I wake up. I don't have to get my kids together because they're older. <laughs> I wake up. Uh, my wife and I go, um, you know, work out. We have like a nice green smoothie and I walk around the neighborhood and we just do whatever we want. That's that's what retirement looks like for me. And every now and again, somebody calls me for some coaching or for some speaking. And then I just collect, you know, money from my real estate investments, from my um, from all the other stuff. That's what retirement looks like for me. I see now you already pissed it. We got to have a second show to talk about your investing. You know, that's my thing. Hey, <laughs> let's do it, man. Let's do it. I, I appreciate you. I like you. Yeah. So I feel like we can do this again for sure. Absolutely. Well, hey, Odell, appreciate you coming on and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Thanks.